Would you open God's precious holy word to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. Going to spend our time in this verse. We're coming in for a landing on the book of Ephesians, the epistle to the Ephesians. And the Holy Spirit through Paul's pen has determined to close out this great letter with the subject that is before us, which is namely spiritual warfare. We're positioned in Christ. God did that before the foundation of the world. It says so plainly in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. Positioned in Christ, we are taught how to live this life, the practicality of Christianity. Ephesians 4, 5, and 6. Position and practice. This tells us finally that we will discover that the instructions given to us regarding practical Christianity are going to come under attack, which means we will come under attack. So how do we deal with this? It's plainly given to us here in Ephesians. It starts in chapter 10, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 6, verse 10. Um, to be empowered in the Lord of the strength of his might. Then the transitive verb is in verse 11, to stand. Stene, to stand. It's a fairly, it sounds like a fairly simple thing to do, and it is if we follow the instructions. We don't have to worry about engaging the battle. The battle's coming to us. Our instructions are to stand and resist. And the strength of the Lord takes care of everything else, provided we appropriate to ourselves the armor that he makes available to us. But first, we have to understand what we're up against. We're up against an enemy that we cannot see. He vastly outnumbers us. We are not as strong as he is by ourselves. We cannot outthink him. We cannot outwit him. We cannot outmaneuver him. So who is this enemy? The Holy Spirit gives us a clear definition of the four categories that are given here that categorize the enemy of Christians, the enemy of Christianity, the enemy of God, the enemy of God's word, the enemy of God's son, the enemy of the church. He is, as a matter of fact, the word demon comes from the element, the word means intelligence or intelligent one. So even the Bible acknowledges the superior intelligence and wit of demons. They are, they are well organized. There is this super system strategically 
in, an, in a hierarchy directed by the one who was mentioned in an earlier verse where it says that you may be able to stand, verse 11, to stand, that's the transitive verb, against the methods or the strategies or the um, schemes of the devil. Now we know in other scriptures that the term diabolos, it's a, that's a term that is synonymous with Satan. So Satan does the scheming. He does the planning. Ezekiel 28 describing him says that he was perfect in wisdom and in beauty. So this guy is extraordinarily intelligent. On the scale of spiritual beings and their IQs, he would be right there at the top by the description of the scriptures itself, themselves. So he, he's powerful. He creates the schemes and then he organizes those who are in his kingdom. There is a kingdom of darkness. Colossians 1 talks about how, uh, the book of Colossians talks about how we were taken out of the kingdom of darkness as believers and we were placed into the kingdom of his dear son, the kingdom of light. And light overcomes darkness. But if we don't understand the enemy and we don't understand the resources that God has given to us to appropriate to ourselves, then it's going to be very difficult to have a successful bout and war with the enemy. We're at war. There is a warfare that rages all the time, all around us. We are specifically identified in this warfare. We were placed in Christ. We saw this in Ephesians 1, 2, 3. God did it for us. And so we're marked out. As a matter of fact, go to the book of Job. You know how the story goes. Satan roaming to and fro around the world and he's doing his thing. And one of, if not the greatest saint in the world at that point in time was a guy named Job. You, you know his story. He's a righteous man, wealthiest man in that part in that time. Satan says, well, sure, God. He, when the sons of God present themselves to, to God, he says, well, sure, he's, he's wealthy. He's, he's well protected. Turn him over to me. He'll curse you. Just let me, okay, do anything you want to, but Kill him, but don't kill him. You know how the story of Job goes, the horrible sufferings, the attack of Satan, the death of his family, all but his wife. So Satan, this, is, this supreme intelligence in the spiritual world, he understands the role call of the elect. He knows who you are in Christ. He knows who I am in Christ. He has a plan to destroy you, to destroy your family, to destroy everything where you may have influence or anything that might help you through your living and your life. He has a plan to destroy all of that. He wants to bring cursings upon you. God has provided, however, 
For our success in this warfare, if we'll look at the instructions and appropriate the resources that God has given to those of us who are in Christ. Now these resources are not available to other people. They're not available to those who are not in Christ. They're only available for us. And so this is part of practical Christianity. This warfare and the preparation to fight the battles. First, however, we are given a clear indication of how well organized the enemy is. I want you to see here, first of all, the contrast, and I have it, that's some color, I don't know if it's orange or gold or whatever it is, but blood and flesh is to be contrasted with spiritual forces of evil. So there's a contrast there. Satan has duped the church through the ages to turn our wrath against people that we don't like, totally ignoring the real enemy. Now that tickles the devil to death. If we could just turn on each other and refuse to address the real issue, then we'll continue to stumble and fall in these battles. So, graciously, we are given an instruction here how to identify what we are fighting and what is fighting against us. We should understand it. We should take it to heart and know. You know, that, that transitive verb up there, I said to stand, stane, that's, that's in an aorist infinitive active. That's, that, means, that means you're going to do this all the time. There's, there's, there's never R and R. There's never, there's, there's never, we, we are never to relax in the warfare. We have to walk circumspectly. We have to understand that the devil, through his hierarchy, is attacking everything that is meaningful to us in the Lord. Everything. Not one small issue is left out. Everything, anything, everything. If somehow we can just collapse. To wrestle. Well, let me, let me start. I'll just start here. Okay, so here we go. Because to us, those of us who are in Christ, this is an address to Christians. For those who are unbelievers and reprobate, they are already in the camp of Satan. They don't realize it, but they work for Satan and things that they do are against, against the kingdom of God and, and the citizens of that kingdom, the activities in which we engage in this life. So they, they, are, they are physical foot soldiers of the enemy and they don't even realize it. The great, the great appeal of the church is for those who are not in Christ today to come to the faith. Perhaps God will call you today if you're here as an unbeliever. Otherwise, you're in darkness. You're in the kingdom of darkness and your king and your God, whether you realize it or not, is Satan. So this is to us. 
This is instruction. This is continued instruction for practical Christian living. Because to us, the wrestling, hey, pale, the definite article is used. Therefore, this is a nominative in the nominative case. Now, here's why that's important. That makes that the subject of the sentence, which rests upon the transitive verb, which was to stand. The wrestling, now in Greco-Roman wrestling, I told you last time that it could be a fight to the death. The favorite technique, as it's written in the annals of history, was that one would try to go for the throat of the other and rip the throat out while they were standing with the goal finally to knock him off his feet because the guy who went down first was the loser. That's why, we're, that's why he keeps telling us to stand, to keep standing. Don't go down on your back. Don't, if you'll, just, if you'll just suit up the way that we're told, we get that next time. You just suit up the way that you're told to suit up. You won't fall. You will stand. That's all you have to do is stand. But you have to have the readiness of the gospel of peace. You have to have truth. You have to have righteousness. You have to have, the sh uh, the, you have, to have faith. You have to have salvation. And you have to have the word of God. We'll talk about that next time. That is how we suit up and fight an enemy that can outthink us. Who's better than we are in so many ways. Superior to us in so many ways. That's why we have to rely on the strength of of the Lord and his empowerment. We cannot fight this battle in and of ourselves. We have to appropriate what God has provided for us. We have to go to the armor room and put on the entire suit of armor. Because the wrestling, the struggle to stay on our feet to stand and to resist, the struggle is not against blood and flesh. You may think that your enemy sits in the highest halls of, of magistrates, even, even in Washington, D.C. or Montgomery or on, some, or on some court bench. Your enemy is not blood and flesh. If darkness is falling around me and darkness is intimidating me and my family and the life that I live, this darkness did not start with these minions of Satan who happen to occupy positions of power. This darkness comes from the king of darkness, the God of this age, Satan, and he sends forth his organization against me and against the world and against anything that has to do with God and his Christ and his precious word. So it's not blood and flesh, but it is spiritual forces of evil. So let's talk about it. Not against, but against. Against is a preposition. Here come four nouns that are in the accusative. That one's in the nominative, that, that rest, the, the wrestling. It's got a definite article, which means it's the focus. This is our focus. The contest, the wrestling, wrestling, 
Pale comes from palo, which means to, to vibrate or shake. And the root of it is balo, which means to cast or throw. So it speaks of a lot of activity and a great struggle so that one can throw another. We're supposed to stand. It's, we're, we're told more than once, stand. Just stand. Appropriate the entire armor of God and stand. Just stand. Not against blood and flesh, but against number one, the rulers. The rulers. Arkas. You would call them superhuman magistrates. The leaders, the, the preeminent ones. So these guys are the top of the chain in Satan's hierarchy. They are rulers. They take what they are told. They organize it further. And they appropriate the work that is to be done so that they may accomplish the schemes of the devil. He has a plan for you. Satan, listen. Satan has a plan. I, I get this from the language. It's very clear to me. Satan has a plan for everyone who is in Christ. He has you figured out. He has profiled you. He cannot see the future. He is a, he, he is, he is, he is in time like we are in time. But he is, he has such a superhuman ability to think that he can really prognosticate and he can, he can profile you and with great accuracy determine how if he does this to you, you will probably most likely respond in this way and then, and then he'll take it from there and you'll respond in that way. This is the enemy. This is Satan. Now greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. If I stand in the strength of his might and in his power and appropriate the resources that he has given to me, I can stand. He won't throw me, but this is a constant struggle. Remember the, the transitive verb is in the aorist indicative active. That means it just goes on. You get up doing it, you go to bed doing it. You probably have nightmares doing it or sweet dreams. And this should exude out from you to those who are in your sphere of influence. Because we're standing in the power of his might. I'm helpless against this enemy. Can't see him, can't touch him, can't smell him. Can't outthink him, can't outwit him. Can't outmaneuver him. But I can be empowered and armored up to keep standing. And this is the instruction, fairly simple instruction. If you do this, you'll be okay. Rulers, they are the chieftains, the chief ones. Now out from there against the number two, authorities. Exosius, the 
The compound begins with a prefix that comes from the word ek, which means out from. Exousias, power that comes out from. So under the rulers are the authorities who have delegated to them both power and jurisdiction. Now we get, the, we get that from the word plus what's added next and we get that in a minute or two. So you go back to the book of Daniel. I think it's chapter 9. Daniel is praying for the people of God, for himself. Why he's about, he's about to receive information from heaven that's going to outline the rest of history so that anybody who believes the Bible can identify exactly where we are and what point in time. That's good information to know. But his prayer is hindered by the prince of Persia. Gabriel is trying to bring the message. Gabriel is having a hard time in his fight against the prince of Persia because, because he's a, an authority. He has a jurisdiction that has been delegated to him. And he has power that has been delegated to him over that jurisdiction. And so with his great power, he is resisting Gabriel bringing the answer to Daniel's prayer. But out from the phone booth steps Michael. I like that guy. Michael. Now this is the gospel according to Charles. You can take it or leave it. But I grew up reading Superman comic books. He leaps tall galaxies in a single bound. He's faster than a giant comet. He comes on the scene. This is the way I see it. He gives the prince of Persia the look. Meaner than an old Pastor Charles look. The look. The prince of Persia will swallow hard and say, okay. And Gabriel brings the message from heaven. Michael goes back to where he came from. The prince of Persia shrivels back under a rock somewhere. And Daniel gets the great message of how the future of God's people will play out. That's because he was, an oppo he was opposed by an authority. Daniel received enlightenment. He was permitted to see Gabriel, but this is just a piece. This is just a piece of what happens all the time.
It is apparent that in these recent years and perhaps decades, the church in America has weakened herself. Because sometimes it seems as though the darkness is growing all around us. Darkness. What are the schemes of the devil? They're well laid out in the scriptures. I'll just summarize them. There are threats, intimidations, lies, deceit, delusion, and murder. So we live in a world that surrounds us that openly opposes the word of God. Openly opposes the blessed and most holy Christ of God. Opposes the great God who is in heaven, our triune God. With threats, intimidations, and with lust and desire, has infiltrated the church. I've talked to the leaders of churches who have told me face to face, right to my face, that numbers were more important to them than pure doctrine and theology. So what happens? Well, you introduce error And then people who are in the church will argue over what kind of person Jesus is. Will argue over how God will respond to sin and sinners. Because of delusion and dilution. And in so many ways the church across America seems to be in full retreat from some of the very things, some of the very bedrock principles of humanity itself given to us by God Almighty through His creative power, instituted by His Word and divine ordinance. But we ignore those things, we cast them off. And we pick out, we cherry pick those things in the Bible that we really know people will like to hear. My seminary professor said once, a text out of pretext, a text out of context is pretext. It is never right to build a doctrine on a single extraction from a partial text of the Word of God. That in itself is Deception and delusion. So the authorities under Satan have discovered weaknesses in the church. And the darkness seems to grow. Number three against the cosmic powers of this, the present darkness. Cosmic powers 
cosmokratoros, cosmos, which translated the age. It's more than just the world, which is chaos. That's another, that's a different Greek word. It's, it's, it's everywhere. It's the universe. It's the orderly creation. And Kratos has power. So these are like world lords. If you want to jump on a SpaceX capsule and blast off from Florida and take the next celestial boat to Mars, they're there. Some of these evil ones are assigned Mars. Wherever you go, you're not going to get away from them because they are cosmic powers of this, the present darkness. We live in a, not just a fallen world, not just a fallen race. We live in a fallen universe stained by sin from the fall of man. This enemy is powerful and extends as far as we can imagine. And they are the cosmic powers of this, the present darkness. What is the present darkness? To oppose God, His Word, His person, His Son, His people, His church, His work. To oppose all of it. If I put on those shoes of the readiness of the gospel, He opposes the gospel and its readiness. If I put on the belt of truth, he opposes truth. He is the lie, not the truth. If I place upon myself the breastplate of righteousness, he opposes the biblical standard of righteousness, which is to be covered in the righteousness of Christ. And he dupes and tricks people into thinking that their works can create righteousness for them and that they can work themselves into heaven. If I put on the helmet of salvation, he will twist and distort the doctrine of salvation. If I hold up the shield of faith, he will attack faith itself. What do you believe in? And then there's the sword of the Spirit. That's the only thing that is offensive. The rest of it's defensive. He attacks me, he gets close enough, I thrust him through with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So, he attacks the Word of God. Now, we can never lay those things by. We must put them all on. That we can stand against the cosmic powers of this, the present darkness. It will be this way until at last at the final judgment what is darkness will be cast away into the outer darkness and removed forever from the kingdom of God and the citizens of that kingdom into the lake of fire to be tormented forever. All who are involved in it cast there Forever. But now, for now, it is this, the present darkness. I could, I could list a litany of current issues that run across your TV screen and mine, your internet and mine, 
But what's the use? Listen, if you're suited up, you will recognize the lie of the enemy. If you have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, well drawn and ready, you won't have any trouble recognizing the deceit and lies of the devil. These, these lies come from us through academia. They come to us through politics. They come to us through sports. They cut everything, everything with which you may be involved. Overseeing those things are cosmic powers of this, the present darkness. Well organized and trying to destroy it. Finally, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I call them the invisibles. The spirituals, the invisibles. They're not pounding around on the ground like people do. They're swirling everywhere at great speed. They're here. They're attacking you. They're attacking me all the time. Seeking to devour me. Seeking just to knock me down. But I have to stand. My instructions are to resist and stand. Those are my instructions. Having been armored up. How then... Will I fight this fight? How can I stand? We get that next time. To be continued. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And He came into this world to save sinners. To admit that you're a sinner, to believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God and the Savior of man, and to confess sin and call on Him for salvation, is to follow the plan of God as He has given, to it, given it to us in His Word. If you're here today without Christ, it is my prayer that you will not leave that way. Only God can draw you to Christ. I cannot. But He can make it known to you right now, your need of salvation. So in a moment, we'll stand prayerfully and we'll have a song of invitation today. And if you're here without Christ, you're invited to come and let me speak to you, pray with you. Maybe you're here, you're a believer, but you've never followed the Lord in baptism. Believer's baptism, that's a command in the Great Commission. You come, we'll take care of all those details. Finally, if you're here today, you're a born-again believer and you want to come and join this church in the ways that we receive members. You are invited to come as well and plant your life and service here with this local body of believers. You come as well. The invitation is all-inclusive. Father God in heaven, Lord, thank you for teaching us what we face the war that we're in, 
Thank you, Lord, that you've instructed us on how to fight, how to stand, and how to resist. Now, Lord, bless this invitation and use it as you see fit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Would you prayerfully stand all over this room? And as God speaks to your heart regarding this invitation, would you come right now? Would you come?